It is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I am Tyler. With me as always is my co-host Smitty. Be sure to go follow us on all of our social medias at Around the 412. Whether you're listening on a Spotify, Apple podcast, or over on YouTube, go check out the links that we have in the description of the show. We've got everything custom designs, Facebook and Etsy link. It's our friend Haley Wagner's small business. You get some customized clothing. We got Valentine's Day coming up. Maybe you get a jump start on Easter, or maybe you want some around the 412 merch. She could probably hook you up with all of that. So go check that out. We got everything custom designs, Facebook, and Etsy link in the description. This is the third time you guys get to see it this week. It's a rare sight. We have a pirate show. Um, to be completely honest, we you, you know the drill. We, we don't really talk about the pirates all year round uh, unless there's some significant news just because we can't do that. We are not North Shore 9. Mm-hmm. We are not the Pirates fan forum. We, we don't have what it takes to talk about the pirates in December and January unless we get some news. We did get some news, though, so we're having a show. Um, and we're going to talk about some questions that you guys have and give a little info on the pirates. We, I was just saying, we got some news and also we got some questions. So shout out to everybody that sent us a question. Also, Tyler, I messed up, um, because we got asked a question regarding all three teams and we were going to answer oh, that on shoot. every show. Yeah. Well, my answer is also not the pirates. My answer is the penguins. So let's just get that out of the way. Oh my God. Um, you had one but- job. You had one job. <laughs> well, what's funny is like, and it's it the one still... that you're saying yes to, and it was yesterday. What are we doing? Yeah. And now people yesterday. are never going to know. Now people are never going to know. And now, unless people listen to the pirate show, if you don't, I'll have to put out a, I'll have to put out a statement on Twitter, maybe a iPhone notes app apology. I can't believe uh, for this group. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> Um, but anyway, let's, let's, let's focus on the task at hand here with the Pittsburgh pirates. This came out of absolutely nowhere. I should say left field because it applies to what we're talking about here with pirates baseball. Uh, a Chapman is a Pittsburgh pirate. Imagine saying that at any point. Um, but especially, you know, when he was throwing 106 miles per hour at the head of Andrew McCutcheon as a member of the Cincinnati Reds, um, 30 i think he turns 37 years old next month uh still throws very hard actually just won the world series last year with the texas rangers after being traded there from the kansas city royals about that yeah um also won the world series with the chicago cubs back in 2016 um part of the 300 saves club six-time all-star i believe uh six or seven-time all-star um Obviously, everybody knows the name, Aroldis Chapman. This was a signing that I did not expect. Certainly beefs up the bullpen. Obviously, you know, David Bednar, uh, still a member of the Pirates, is going to be the guy in the ninth inning. But, man, all of a sudden creating the back end of this bullpen with Colin Holderman, Chapman, Bednar, throw in, like, Dari Moretta and, you know, Mlodzinski, who showed out pretty well after coming up last year. All of a sudden, you're turning this bullpen into the strength of this ball club, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I and I think that what was already one of the strengths, especially when you're comparing starters to relievers, I think that the the bullpen was the clear strength out of the pitching staff. Um, but on on the team in general, I think the addition of Aroldis Chapman. And don't get me wrong, I I would definitely would have been more excited about this if this was like 2016 or really any time in the last decade. Sure. But obviously, like 
Araldus Chapman is a name that is going to bring headlines. He's going to na- bring attention, good or bad. I mean, that's that's up to your prerogative. And I I, I think that yeah. it is definitely something that improves the the Pirates bullpen. I, I, that's going to be someone. And I know we had a question about this, so I kind of want to jump on this maybe a little bit earlier than we were expecting to, because we had talked about what did we expect. Um, the the seventh, eighth, and ninth lineup for yeah, the that, pitching staff in the rotation. I feel like we can just talk about that right now since we're talking about the rotation or the the bullpen. I I, I would expect um Bednar to stay in that that uh ninth inning. I mean, obviously, I you and I are both of the opinion that you just pitch your best pitcher whenever the situation is the highest. But if they're gonna, yeah, if, if they're gonna stick with that traditional seventh, eighth, ninth. Um, type of guys. I think Bednar is still going to be that ninth inning guy. I think you have uh, Araldus Chapman be that eighth inning guy. And then I would say probably as of right now, I would say Holderman is your seventh inning guy. But I think that there's a few guys that could compete for that role. But I mean, if we're just being completely honest, we we pitch our best pitchers in the highest highest situations. Um, but yeah. I, I think that they they definitely have some good options out of the bullpen. And this and my immediate reaction. Um, was I actually tweeted it? Wasn't that funny? But I said, Araldus Chapman, I can't wait for this to sure up our rotate weight. He's not like just the fact that it's like a bullpen arm, not a rotation. Mm -hmm. I understand that it's a good signing for the bullpen, and I think it's great and it improves it even more. But I definitely think that the main focus for the Pirates needs to be the rotation right now that's that's the thing that we have said is the the lowest part of the team if you're looking at like positional groups that starting rotation you you have a one and you have i guess a a couple guys that are kind of middle back end rotation guys you don't really have like a number two rotation uh the start Mm -hmm. so i think you need to focus on that and but I'm not trying to take away from Araldus Chapman being a Pittsburgh Pirate. That's absolutely insane. The fact that I'm saying that and that's a real sentence. The fact that imagine telling us in 2017 when we started the show, Araldus Chapman was going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin at some point. Not Pittsburgh Penguin. Jeez, Pittsburgh Pirate at some point while we're recording our episodes. Yeah, uh, this is John, by the way, that asked us this question about the seventh, eighth, and ninth. And you know, similarly to you, I would rather not just designate guys for roles like that. Um, but I feel like we've kind of, at least with the ninth inning, it's going to be Bednar. We could see him at times um, maybe try to get more than three outs. Maybe we do see him in the eighth. We've seen Chapman kind of struggle in that role. As of late, he had six saves last year across his time with the Royals and the Rangers. Uh, they were using him more in like a seventh and eighth inning role in both those teams. Uh, so he wasn't getting the ball in the ninth most of the time anyway. So I don't think it's really even a debate there. I think it's more of a debate between the seventh and eighth, if anything else, uh, between Chapman and Holderman. Now I would say Chapman in the eighth to start for sure. Some competition I think is going to be created. Uh, maybe it's not always a set guy in the seventh. Maybe it's not always Holderman in that role. Like I mentioned, you got Dari Moretta. You got um, Cameron Lajinski. You got uh, Ryan Barucki, who had a really good year last year coming back. Now, is he going to be able to replicate that same success? Probably do for a little bit of aggression. But again, I think that's why you bring in guys like this and just keep creating that strength in the bullpen, um, especially because, like you're mentioning, certainly, I, I think that they could stand to, to add still an arm or two to the rotation. But at least what this is doing is shortening the game. Um, you know, you feel pretty good about if this bullpen, if that rotation can give you even five innings, I feel like at this point. So mm-hmm. while the rotation hasn't improved, you're just asking less of the rotation 
with the bullpen that you've created. Um, it's kind of like getting back I, to their their last period of like window of contention. Um, whenever they had the bullpen that they did, obviously our our starters were still pretty good then. But yeah. there, there wasn't as much pressure to get late into the games because we knew if you got to the seventh inning, we were winning. Yeah. Yeah, you could withstand to have, you know, a Jeff Locke in that rotation and get away with it. Now, the problem with this year's rotation is you got more than one Jeff Locke uh, type of pitcher in there. I think, you know, I'm not even sure if they're going in, if I would consider it a net positive when you talk about losing Johan Oviedo and gaining – uh, Mark Gonzalez and Martin Perez. I'm not sure where I stand with that. I mean, if we're if I we're going like... up, if we're going based off of an every other start perspective, we're definitely a negative. I mean, we 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 did the numbers. We cracked we cracked the numbers last year. Half of half of Oviedo starts with an all star. That's very true. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I know we're not talking about like an all star pitcher in Johan Oviedo, but I do wonder just how good the overall sentiment and feeling around this rotation would be. Uh, if he didn't have that injury and, you know, you, you know, you had Keller, Oviedo, Gonzalez and Perez, and then whoever uh, ended up winning that fifth spot. But um, yeah, I think as it stands right now, we're just, we just keep waiting for that other shoe to fall and for this team to add somebody into the rotation, especially just because of like the chatter around the team, you know, like nutting and uh, Sherrington talking seemingly as if like they're not done and there still is, you know, more coming here and they expect to be able to still add, to the rotation with what's left in free agency. Um, I'll bring up a name because this was put out there by Robert Murray today that they were showing interest in Noah Syndergaard. This is kind of comical to me for several reasons. Uh, one, that viral video that was floating around <laughs> of him watching the Pirates the one year. Um, but two, it's ironic because I'm not even sure if he should make this rotation despite what they currently have. Uh, ERA over nine last year. He has not been good. I think at the very best, he should be coming in competing for a spot as like the number five guy in the rotation. If he is what their plan is to shore up this rotation and just drop him in there and guarantee him a spot, man, uh, that is a, a massive letdown compared to where we were at with the beginning of free agency, what they we thought they would do with this rotation. Yeah, I, I think Syndergaard would be bad. I, I don't see how he's an improvement over anybody that you have currently in that rotation. Um, last year was his worst year by far, and he was awful. Um, I, yeah. I don't like. I'm not being facetious. Is he even an upgrade over like Bailey Falter? I don't know. I I don't know. He because he's been bad. That he's been that bad, and it's been a downhill spiral ever since. Really, that what, like 2020 season where I don't even think he played. Um, I I'd have to look real quick. What was his ERA last year combined? I'm pretty sure it was six six point five. Was his ERA combined on the Dodgers? He had a seven point one six on in on Cleveland. He had five point four. It was absolutely ridiculous how bad he was. I don't think he's an upgrade over anybody that they currently have on their their roster. I think that they could they could find somebody better that's still a free agent. They're not necessarily even better. That, that, that at least would have higher upside right now mm-hmm. than than what you could do with Syndergaard. I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole. I, I just think that that's <laughs> that's adding one. Like when you look at this rotation right now, it's Mitch Keller and a bunch of mid to late rotation starters. Like you're talking about a bunch Mm -hmm. of three through fives and he's, he's just adding another one of those guys. You're not adding a one or a two. You're adding a three through a five. You don't want to do that. I I think that you're better off standing pat (laughs) than, than what you would get from him. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing, like, I'm never going to be upset if they, you know, invite a guy to spring training and see what he's got. Like, so from that standpoint, yeah. if they want to do that, fine. But, like, that's why I said in terms of guaranteeing a spot. Like, I just, I don't think you can go into the season saying this guy is for sure one of our five options. If you want to give him a, a spring training invite and he pitches well there, he earns a spot, like, legit earns a spot, whatever. Mm -hmm. I just, I think this is very underwhelming compared to what we thought we were getting. Uh, I have a question about the bullpen, actually. Um, just, we're talking about a lot of pitching right now. Do you think mm -hmm. they need to add another left-handed arm? Because I'm currently looking at their current bullpen so just Ryan Barucki and Chapman? It is Ryan Barucki, oh, Chapman, no, they got, uh, and Jose Hernandez. Hernandez. Right? Yeah. Do, like, do you think they need more than those guys as far as left-handers go? Uh, I don't think so. I think you could probably get away with that. Like you got Jose Hernandez is kind of like your long man, uh, slash middle reliever. Barucki is your middle reliever. Rodas Chapman as your back end arm. You know, unless there was like a clear upgrade somewhere that just happened to be left handed, um, I think so. Like it would make sense, or if it was even like an even swap in terms of talent. But I don't think they need to force the issue just to get another left hander in there. I was just curious because I always I always feel like the Pirates are have a ton of right-handed arms and they have, mm -hmm. have they, hey, they well, don't seem to have a ton of left-handed ones. If you uh if you bring in multiple more starting guys for the rotation, you can move Marco Gonzalez to the pen. And you got another so you got another soft toss lefty to work That's with true. out of the pen. That's true. <laughs> you think JT Brubaker ends up in the bullpen again? I mean, we're not even going to see him until like July or something. They're saying anyway. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I will say yeah, because I, I think it wouldn't surprise me for him to work out of the pen once he comes back for the rest of the year, and then maybe try to work his way into rotation, whether it's in Pittsburgh or somewhere else in twenty five. He's got a massive uphill battle though to really be much of anything at this point though in the MLB just due to the injury, the age. I think there's so many factors working against him to really get back to a level. Uh, that we saw so but yeah I'll, I'll say yeah i think he works out of the bullpen when he does come back if we're gonna bring in somebody like noah Syndergaard, i would rather bring in a guy like chad cole for the vibes you know we know we like him hmm that's interesting didn't he it was weird i feel like he pitched was he was his last year in colorado no he picks last year in washington oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah. i forgot about that yeah. Yeah, I'm looking mm -hmm. at his numbers right now. Uh, eight four five ERA. Because I think in uh Colorado. Uh eh, the FIP wasn't that much better. For some reason I thought his his number his underlying numbers were like much better. Because you know, Coors is a tough place to pitch. I thought his underlying numbers were much better, but they honestly weren't that different from the on the surface numbers. <sighs> Well, that's why I said, like, if you're if you're gonna bring in someone like Syndergaard, might as well bring in yeah. Chad Cool because we know like the vibes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if he ended up wearing the same number, I could just break out the jersey again. There we go. Too. There we go. Um, do the pirate? This is a uh, last question that we got here from Kenneth. Do the Pirates have the brightest future among Pittsburgh franchises? This is interesting because. I feel like it depends on your faith of the organization itself more than the players. 
Like, I feel like, okay, we, we built a solid foundation here. Are they going to continue to add to it? I think, and this isn't their fault, but I just want to throw this in there as well. The loss of Endy for this year is crushing to me. Um, feel really bad about that one. I was really looking forward to watching him play this year and him losing this year. Now you got to wonder how's he going to bounce back from this next season. Um, it sucks. You know, he's part of what you hope this future is and why you, you know, you would have optimism for what this future looks like. Uh, any optimism for the Pirates future, I think, is in the on the shoulders of Bob Nutting and Ben Sherrington. Uh, I think that they they've there's a decent foundation here, but if they don't continue to add to it, uh, it's pretty much meaningless. You know, we talked about this rotation. I think when you look at around the field, there's enough there. I think I still like to see a better solution at first base, but you know, a lot of areas on the diamond, I think that they are, you know, they can, they've done well in, um, but that rotation still leaves a lot to be desired. And first base leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, they're in a better spot right now than I guess I'll say I expected them to be halfway through last year, but, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that they're, they're necessarily there yet. And I don't know that I can put the faith in Ben Sherrington and Bob Nutting to get them to that level. Oh boy. This is a tough question <laughs> because I, I'm not even comparing them to the Penguins. I think they have a brighter future than the Penguins do because sure. I, I think the writing's on the wall with the Penguins. All your stars are aging and they're in their mid to late thirties. And I mean, if you listen to our last episode of our Penguin show, <laughs> we were literally talking about trading away our future. So yeah, when you compare that to what the Pirates have, I don't, I don't think it's a. I think it's a no-brainer. Steelers, it's a little bit different. Like football in general is just a little bit different because they don't have a farm system. Like they they have no minor leagues, so it's a little bit different to compare that sort of sense. But I think I would say yes that the Pirates have the brightest future, and I know that goes against what I said where. Which which team do I think is going to get over well, the postseason slump first? Because against what I said too, and I think it's I'm not going to say like luck, but I think the Penguins have a better shot to win one series, but not win a championship. Yeah, and I and I would say the same, pretty similar for the Steelers. Like I, I gave reasoning in the Steelers episode. Go check it out. Uh, link below. Mm-hmm. I, I I would I would say that the Steelers have a better chance to, like you said, like not necessarily luck their way into a win, but you could see how they could win a, a playoff game. I mean, I gave reasons why even in this Buffalo game, it was at least within reach. And with the Pirates, while that might be tough, um, just because we haven't had a winning season since 2018, and uh, they haven't won a playoff game since uh, 2013, I, I think that it is the Pirates because when you compare their farm system to the Penguins, and then when you look at just the future based off that farm system, now whether management is going to get there or not, that that to me is the tougher question and why I am hesitant to say the Pirates, or that would leave me hesitant. But I think when you look at arguably the best farm system in baseball, I mean, I feel like they're easily top three, but arguably the best. And when you look at how that future is, I think that based off of that, I would say yes, because when I compare it to the Steelers, the only thing I can compare it to is the Steelers have to replace the most important position. 
And I know that's me saying they have to move on from Kenny Pickett, but like they they are struggling at the most important position. And until you figure that out, I'm not going to say that you can't luck into a playoff win, but I'm going to say that your future is not that bright. The Pirates are best suited for success. Like I don't I don't know if I'd say long term, but to achieve the highest level of success, management and ownership permitted. Yes. I think that's the best way to put it. Yes. The team is from from the personnel that plays on the field, they are set up for the best success, the, the best future success. Yeah. There we have it. Um let us know in the comments what you think about that. Again, forgot to even answer that in the Penguins episode, but here we are. Uh let us know how you feel about the Rodas Chapman signing. If you want Noah Cinderguard on this team or who uh you would fill out the rotation with, how you feel about the Pirates this year. Uh, January 23rd, so in just over a month, they'll be reporting for spring training, and uh, then you will see us on a weekly basis at some point shortly after when the season actually does kick off. Man, back to the um, grind. Pirate, back to the grind. I, I already see it. Play, penguins aren't <laughs> going to make the Penguins aren't going to make the playoffs, and for, the draft is going to fly by, and then May until we get to like reporting to training camp for the Steelers. Oh, You're just describing the, last year. Those are the dog days. I, I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be our future for the next like <laughs> five years. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Like I said, comment down below about anything that we talked about in this episode. Questions or topics for future episodes. Leave us a five star review if you were listening somewhere else. Check out the link in the description. Everything custom designs. Friend Haley Wagner, small business T-shirts, hoodies, all different types of clothing. Valentine's Day designs are gonna be going up. Easter stuff, obviously, a little over two months away from that. But this custom work, I have some around the four and two shirts, so she can throw that design on some shirts for you guys as well if you're interested in that type of thing. Uh, go check out our Steelers or Penguins videos, which are popping up on the screen right now. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. <laughs>